Hello, it's Kate and Emma with the podcast. Yeah, well done, Emma. Oh, I know, right? So we're going to be talking, just before I press record, I said to Emma, what's this podcast going to be about? And she had a really, really good idea. And oh, what was it? I feel like you've built that up a little bit too much, if I'm honest. <laughs> feel a little bit under pressure to present something epic. Well, I do a lot of work with uh, worry and anxiety and helping people manage it. And myself as well. I have to constantly reevaluate how I manage anxiety. And Kate had a recent spell of being anxious about something for months and then air quotes, the worst thing happened. And now she feels completely different about it because she realised when the worst thing happened, she was much more resilient than she thought. It was actually okay to manage it once she got into it. She did what she knew she could do at the time, but she'd spent months and months, actually near two years, worrying about it beforehand. And retrospectively now, the, the, the massive amount of time worrying about it was more painful and distressing and damaging than the actual week and a half of dealing with the worst <coughs> quote worst thing that happened so in kate's case this was catching covid you've and heard that's us, why i've got a cough you've heard us talk again. about it we've been mass you know we've been <coughs> off and on anxious about it and stuff for Here's two years shut up tubby and once it actually happened this thing that we've been trying to avoid so actively and worrying about and planning and prepping and once it actually happened, Kate knew what to do. She got on with it. She totally survived it. Touch wood, thank you. And was okay. And now that anxiety has massively subsided. But you've got a brilliant reflection now because you can see what it was like to live with that anxiety for mm-hmm. a long period of time versus the more acute condensed time of having it. Having the, quote, worst case scenario. Yeah. I think that's right, and um, it's been really illuminating for me because it's brought loads of stuff up. I was definitely... The main fear that I had and that Emma had was passing it on to people in our circle who are vulnerable, and that's a reflection of our values because family is really high on our list of values, and it's, for me, uh, probably my number one value, really, and I've, I've got stuff work I need to do on myself about feeling responsible for looking after the family and all that kind of thing that's just my set of values anyway when those values came into play with something like covid it was very very stressful for me because I felt really frightened and worried about passing it on to people in my circle and that was the anxiety I had I was never um frightened about going through it and catching it I knew I was healthy and I knew I was going to be totally okay. Um, <clears throat> you can say that's blase if you want, but that's just the way I was. I felt, and also put a lot of attention and focus on if there's ever a time to stop believing that you are well and you have a good immune system, it's when you're in a pandemic, right? <laughs> if you want to fire those beliefs off, that is the time to do it. And that's when I started doing Couch to 5K and stuff like that and, and just started really being a bit more mindful, taking vitamins and whatnot. But yes, there was this really awful background anxiety. Now, I believe it's undiagnosed, but I believe I've got some kind of general anxiety issue anyway because I've been in um emotionally manipulative and abusive situations and that's part of the legacy for me I've had counseling and I'm working through it but I wasn't going into it as a robust person I did have background anxiety anyway and I was also 
getting divorced, D word, at the time. So it was super stressful in terms of emotions and mentally stressful for me. Lockdown, everyone had their own experience of it. But for me, the way I reacted psychologically to that was I got really, really anxious. And it played out in my behaviour in ways that were very, very challenging for people around me who weren't as anxious. Ironically, even the vulnerable people I was trying to protect weren't as anxious as me. But I think that was many things. It was, as I say, the map of the world that I had because I'd been in a shitty situation. The fact that I had I was super stressed because I was getting divorced and all the rest of it. But Emma is so right that the anxiety of an event was a lot worse than the event. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're getting to. And you see this so often, don't you, that it's the anticipation of it that it changes your behaviour it changes the way you feel it because of the way you're thinking and the patterns that you're running that that's what it comes down to it was my fear and my belief in what was going to happen now what was creating that fear it was stuff on the tv it was it was fear of the unknown really a fear of causing harm to other people and we certainly weren't on our own in that you know, we were literally all in it together and everybody handled it in different ways. But I suppose there's lots of little, even micro situations in our life and mini situations where it's anticipatory fear. It's anxiety that comes about because we're feeling frightened of something that hasn't happened yet. We're worried about it. We're chewing about it. We're planning and prepping. And, you know, I do that all the time in lots of other little smaller situations. And if that sounds like you, one of the ways it affects me is that I become very controlling to try and mm. diffuse some of that energy with that anxiety. I'll like over plan to the nth degree to try and make sure the worst case scenario doesn't happen. <clears throat> but that can obviously affect relationships with other people well, as well can. as drive you if, crazy. If, if people know that you've got that tendency mm. And they and I have to say, there's people in my life that have been very accommodating about me doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, planning. Have you done a test? Have you got a mask? Have you got this? Where are you going? What time are you going? And it was just because I was so so anxious and worried, and um yeah, but that becomes very limiting to other people. And if people understand it, so I know Emma's got a tendency to do this, and she's learned that I have at times as well you can ride with it much more easily because you don't feel controlled by that person. You understand it's a reaction to them feeling frightened and that brings in more compassion and it makes it easier to manage. But al- but also, yeah, that's perfect. And if you've got somebody really compassionate and caring that you're in a friendship or a relationship with, that's great that they understand and you're not going to sort of get on their wick every five minutes. But the thing as well is sometimes these, if you truly want to push through anxiety and get longer lasting results, you've got to recognise the safety behaviours that you're using and then start to come back from that mm-hmm. and challenge yourself to not play full out on those safety behaviours all of the time. Right. So so, yes, they're good. They're there to protect you. They're there to diffuse some of the energy and, and put you in control. But ultimately, over a long period of time, that's not really helping you. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to look at things like a really great strategy I found a while ago for anxiety is to um, get a piece of paper and write down 10 situations that provoke anxiety, future-based worry, what-if kind of scenarios. 
and make number 10 the big one so mine at the time when I did this was letting my kid walk down to the shop and cross a road and come back right. that would be like whoa can't cope head exploded mm-hmm. uh, number one for me so you, you write down 10 situations or scenarios 10 the highest five obviously is a, a big concern and write down to something like number one so number one for me might be um phoning a company that I don't know who I'm going to speak to with the problem um, that I want sorting out because usually I'd rather email mm-hmm. than phone and then what you need to do is you need to practice the lowest things the three things oh interesting because it's all about building um confidence building your resilience building an actual kind of getting used to that response of deliberately putting yourself in a mildly anxiety provoking situation and then what you do is you steadily work your way up through that list so for example a decision maybe for me might be shit i need a new couch what if i buy the wrong one what if i buy one and it's it's meant to last five years and it only lasts two you know so that could be maybe a level three or a level four or something like that but Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of decisions and situations so do that today if you're anxious and you feel like you've got a lot of safety behaviors but they're starting to hold you back because safety behaviors are great but nothing ever happens inside the comfort zone nothing Mm -hmm. great happens it's brilliant in the moment but ultimately you need to be outside of it try that but be super realistic about your things and go for the easy win don't even dream of going for a nine or a ten go for the easy win at the bottom and yeah practice. that's what i was gonna say and that feeds into small wins doesn't oh, it how many times in big with loads boost. of topics do we come back to easy wins oh definitely, definitely. I, if i don't feel like a winner by 10 o'clock i'm so pissed off all day i have to feel like a winner. <laughs> like, and that can literally be god anything it can be anything we've took the dog out today we've done our leslie sanson with an n we've done loads of stuff we've recorded two podcasts we're winning at life and it's still mid-morning exactly so yeah so there's a load of stuff there and that's all super useful uh but getting back to where we started i was anxious and worried about something and i saw a great quote on facebook the other day and it said um being worried about something in the future is like putting a down payment on something you don't want <gasps> oh i love oh i frightened <laughs> the dog oh, <laughs> it I is it's it. like putting a deposit on something you absolutely do not want oh my god because so, you're giving that any en- that energy to something that you you're kind of putting a deposit on it oh, but you never ever want to putting, re- receive that know, thing you're ever putting a deposit on a really scorching case of food poisoning <laughs> and diarrhea and tummy cramps aren't you exactly. though exactly so i thought wow well, isn't that interesting and i think it resonated with me because that's exactly what i was doing do you know maybe that's like a brilliant <clears throat> journal prompt or something to put on your phone with a little timer what am i putting my deposit on today yeah exactly literally so wow love it so basically the worst case scenario, I did catch COVID, and Emma's saying it it was actually well, it wasn't fine. I mean, it wasn't my best week ever, but actually, I didn't pass it on to anyone else, and it was, it the situation, and I'm very, being very careful with my language because I don't want anyone to sort of think, oh, well, Kate Spencer said it wasn't too bad. Actually, it wasn't great, but the situation wasn't as bad as I'd anticipated because my main fear was about passing it on to other people. And Emma's right, I'd spent two years being really frightened and worried about that. And when I did get it, I knew what to do. I knew to keep the F away from people. 
and you just live in a bedroom and you had to get up in the morning and make a flask of coffee and then keep out of everyone's way disinfect what i touched and just cave out with netflix for a week and it was okay so are you saying that you've discovered if your air quotes worst case scenario happens in life you are much more capable of coping of coping than you think you are yeah so this is interesting isn't it so what i'd encourage people to do is think about this right future you has got this the future version of you has got this whatever you're worrying about people go through some really really big stuff in life look for some references of people who've overcome massive things and people get through things and you are the same you've probably got loads more tools in your toolkit than you think you've probably got loads more resilience than you believe look back on evidence in your life where you've you've managed to do something you've coped you've made a change you know you've risen up you've got through it and affirm to yourself that actually you're a tough cookie and guess what if you're listening to this you got this far mm-hmm. you know so well, yeah i love i love this part i'm gonna listen to this i love this <laughs> podcast so much did you I'm... like the best bit for you has been about the deposit hasn't it oh that was worth and it for me payment. that was 13 and a half minutes totally worth it love it yeah so the take-home points from this are i was shitting myself for two and a half years about (laughs) something happening when it did happen i managed to get through it relatively unscathed it was okay and i actually you know what as well i will also add that i did get some epiphanies because now if you've already listened to the um podcast where we talk about walk fit and i get the name wrong and all that um it really made me focus on getting my health back and getting my health in order because it left me feeling really tired and um, I get asthma anyway with a, a cough and feeling a bit wheezy and stuff. And I said to Emma, I really want to focus on feeling well and get my breathing back and get my energy back. And that has encouraged me to jump on board with Emma's fitness stuff. So actually, on that's board. a massive blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that it's done that so yeah and also i'm not scared about catching it again so i've got to actually be quite careful because at times i think i could maybe slip into being quite blase about it but how I'm not the, frightened. how the tide has turned i'm not frightened about catching it again because i know that if i do i know what to do i'm very unlikely to pass it on and i was fine so I don't need to go, I still need to be responsible, but I don't, I'm not putting myself in situations, you know, that would be irresponsible, but I know that if it happens, I'm going to be okay, and so are the people around me, and that has brought a massive relief to my relationship, Um, not only with my partner, but with my daughter as well, because I was super anxious about her catching it and bringing it into the house which she did and totally bloody denies but yeah whatever um but yeah it's made me much less controlling and clenched and easier to live with so it's brought more peace to my household to my relationships and I can also to me this also to me definitely, as well definitely so yeah Ooh, well, so, I, I hope you got something out of that took some notes and it might not be about covid for you it might be that you're worrying about something different mm-hmm. 
Um, it's quite timely that it is about COVID because there's, you know, still stuff about that happening if you're listening to this in 2022. Uh, but it might be about something totally different for you that you're worried about or that you're anticipating or that you're anxious about. And yeah, I hope you got something from were you, it. So. Were you expecting Marty McFly to be warming up his flux capacitor there, kid? If you're listening Emma, to this, this is 2020. This is evergreen content, Emma. <laughs> oh, you, Listen, you too. If you if you're listening to this uh, in the future, oh go away. Send us an email just so I can prove Emma wrong. Okay? Where we're going, we don't need roads, Marty McFly. <laughs> oh God, you are right. on. Bye for now. Bye Bye. for now. We're not having a trumpet.